Welcome to Three, a show about Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. I'm Gil Gross, joined by Joel Drucker and Amy Lundy. Only one topic on today's episode of Three, but one very near and dear to my heart. And all of you watching on YouTube can only see us from about the chest up. Uh, but Amy is actually the tallest of all three of us. So I'll start by saying that uh, we want to talk about height on, on today's episode because um, the big three are all very close in height. Federer and Nadal are six foot one. Djokovic is six foot two. This is a topic that's always been very interesting uh, to a lot of people. So uh, I guess let's just start here. Amy, do you think it's a coincidence that our three are all just about the same height? No, it's not a coincidence. Uh, a couple studies have been done on this and I've read about it over the years. And I would say within the last four or five years, Tennis Abstract did something and it was, please forgive me, it was either the New York Times or the Post or the Wall Street Journal. One of the big newspapers did a big interactive um, deal. And the upshot was that 6-1 to 6-2 at this time, the way the game stands right now is the ideal height for a male player, male professional player, and the ideal height for a female was about 5'9 or 5'10, which Serena Williams happens to be 5'9. The question, Gil, is, is that height going to increase as time goes on? That is the question, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the majority of players are, are between six foot one, six foot two. I'd say uh, one stat that blew me away re researching for, uh, for this show, the tallest world number one on the men's side ever is Merritt Safin, six foot four. Imagine that being the case in any other sport. Now, the one, my one blind spot is soccer. And I don't know um, if there have, you know, maybe all of their best have been under six foot four, but basketball, baseball, football, these are not sports where the best players are always under six foot four. A lot of the time it's quite the, the opposite. Well, tennis is such a different sport in the way, what it takes to play the game. Well, a ball that bounces off the ground. I mean, for decades, six, one, six, two has pretty much been the, the male height going back to Hansa Gonzalez and Don Budge and, uh, Pete Sampras, those guys were around that. That was considered kind of the, the tennis player mold, 6'1", 6'2", about 175, 180 pounds. But, uh, you know, the game's changed for a lot of reasons. The ball, which used to be bounced more in between the knees and the ankles in the Eastern grip, continental grip days, as it's, um, as it's or, or, or the waist high and below, the more top spin, the ball bounces higher, certain physical demands, and also, also, um, the money, the growth of the sport as a profession has attracted more sports-inclined people. I'm not going to say athletic specimens. That's a very complicated debate. But just more bigger people would be drawn to tennis because it's like, whoa, there's opportunity here. And I think the woman's thing is even more interesting in a way. When you said it's 5'9", five, five, is ideal, Amy. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, Chris Everett, 5'6", Billie Jean King, 5'4". I mean, Martina Navratilova was considered big because she was about 5'8". And, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, I think, in the women's game, to see who continues to, to surface. And there's so, a great many young ladies who might have wanted to play basketball might be drawn to tennis, and that might change how, how the game is played also and how games are developed. I think on the men's side, it's, it's baffling to me, for example, 
if somebody told me that a, there would be a six foot six, six foot seven player from Southern California with a big serve, who's Sam Query, and he wasn't going to be that great a volleyer, I'd have thought, you're kidding me. How could that be? I mean, that's a complete disconnect, but this is the way the, the game has evolved. It should be noted, Gil, that we as a human species is getting, we are getting taller. Now it's kind of like climate change, it's happening very gradually, but all you have to do is go visit a house from like the 1700s or something like that and see the low ceilings and everything's so tiny. Um, so it would make sense that the height would increase, the, the ideal height. Well, well I think what we're, we're seeing, right, uh, we're seeing the tall players in the sport begin to move better, right? I mean, you, you can have, I don't know, Joel, um, you know, you can have your Todd Martins of the world and then you can have your Evo Karlovich come along. But now there's this super kind of weird modern mold of a player like Daniil Medvedev and Alexander Zverev, who they're, they're, they're pretty much total baseliners and they cover the court as well as the, the six foot tall players previously would have covered the court. Medvedev is a really interesting example. Here's a guy who's six foot six, but it's like, he said, well, look, Magic Johnson was a six foot nine point guard. 10 years before he came into basketball, someone said there's going to be a six foot nine point guard. He said, no, that's not supposed to be. So there's these, these skills and, and things are, are shifting as to who comes to the sport and the skills they build. Yeah, when I was growing up, uh, yeah, six four, Stan Smith was six four, and, uh, and taller was, oh, that means you're going to be clumsy. You're not going to be able to get around as well, but for lower balls, but maybe that's not true. So there's just different things have gone on with training, with, with diet. So many factors have, have entered the whole tennis mix. And when the game has grown with so much money, now you can study it more, you can sports science it more, you can afford trainers and, and physios and all these things that can keep the body running better. Well, Gil, the, the idea of physics here, right? Like, it, it, I remember um, Patrick McEnroe was quoted in a New York Times article on the topic of height, and he said something like 6'4 is too tall, or that, you know, not too tall to play tennis and do well and win grand slams, but too tall Not to ideal. be the, the ideal. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason is simply physics. If, if you've got more body to move and you need to move from point A to point B and there's more of you, typically you're not as fast to get there from point A because you're moving more body. But from a Darwinian perspective, if you had a specimen that had such fast twitch muscle movement and was 6'4 besides and could move every bit as quickly as a 5'9 human being, maybe even quicker, then you've kind of got the ideal specimen. And, you know, there's some thought that perhaps the Tsitsipas of the world, they're, they're moving in that direction, but it's not mm -hmm. proven yet. Right. And, and let's not take hand-eye coordination out of that equation, right? I, I believe that there would be a, a negative correlation between height and hand-eye coordination. It's why a, a shorter basketball player might shoot free throws at a higher percentage than a, wait, than a taller wait, you basketball think, player. You think the taller, you have less hand-eye coordination? Uh, I would think generally that would be that would be the case. I don't think there's necessarily- You don't think that's true? I don't think, there's single, I don't think that's necessarily true at all. 
I mean, no, no, but uh, not, I, I'm not saying it has to, it's not a rule. I would say that that would be a correlation. No, I don't even think, I, I don't even see a correlation. I don't see any, it's, it's almost now, now, I mean, there might be more in eye color. I mean, I just don't think someone. Well, four, again, I, my brain always goes to physics. What's interesting is if you're taller, there's a greater distance between your hand and your eye, right? It, be, it could become a matter of time. And we're, we're talking about just nano, nano, nanoseconds. But that, that's interesting. I don't know if, if um, by and large, you know, shorter players have better hand-eye coordination or if they have faster twitch muscles. But um, that is like interesting. Michael, like Pete Sampras and Michael Chang. I mean, my, they both guys with great hand-eye coordination, but I don't know. And you're thinking what it, it, it starts to, it starts to, ebb at a certain height I, yeah i, 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 I think so it depends it, it depends how bad the person you're playing is and again gil you and i are each <laughs> five seven so we'll be out with this and of course we spent our tennis life always saying hey i'll show you mr tall guy mm -hmm. i'll show you and then but mm -hmm. then at the so i'll tell you something interesting that martina navratilova told me that was really compelling she said you know at the low levels the lower levels and she met let's say outside of the top 300 so that's like 99% of people ever pick up a racket. And it's particularly true for us civilian players. It's about skill. It's about training. It's about drill. It's, it's about drilling. It's about practice. It's about all the little intangibles. And of course, Gil, you and I, as five foot seven people, have to always master the intangibles because there isn't one simple thing to fall back on, like a big, tall person with a big serve in tennis. So, but then she said to me an interesting thing at the world class levels, Everybody has that. You know, everybody in the top 200 is at least the NCAA champion. So then everybody, so then it's equal. And then she goes, you can't teach height. So in a way it's kind of like, well done Schwartzman, well done Schwartzman. But if you were to take a group of 12 year olds and know how tall they're gonna be, take the ones that are gonna be six, four and teach them how to really play more than the Schwartzmans. <laughs> right. And. Uh Okay, I think that there are multiple reasons for that. One, I think the serve is is clearly an advantage to be tall, and then it's how can short players be better at everything else to right. to offset that. But I, are you saying that the only reason why there's a sweet spot, if uh, if hand eye coordination, or or just you know the ability to uh, be um, you know uh, I, I'm missing the word kinesthetically coordinated right from a technique perspective but now you're talking about mobility well no have... well so what do you think dips with height if, if not hand eye you think it's just a speed thing no i think it's not speed it would be the, the premise has often been coordination mobility flexibility so the the small person might have be able to be more nimble right that's the premise of the small person is that schwartzman can kind of motor not just speed but footwork he can he can mm -hmm. track, he can get to balls. He can do more things because he's more nimble. It's kind of like being a shortstop compared to a backup center, right? He's, he's versatile. Whereas the tall guy, um, the tall guy might appear to be clumsy, but it's so funny. We were talking about that with tennis with people who are six foot five and then look at basketball players. I mean, look at a six foot 10. Some of those basketball players are pretty, pretty good around their ball, around loose balls. I don't know, Amy, what do you think? You're the, um, Again, you're the, you're the, you have height here. Well, uh, just put me aside for a second, but as professionals, I do think there is a Darwinian aspect to this because in the NFL, we've certainly seen the height of the average player at almost every position 
increase. Um, and in the NBA, we've seen uh, taller and larger players become more agile. Mm -hmm. So um, you're, you're looking for the athlete that excels and has the, um, the properties in all these areas. And, you know, I'm reminded of my doubles partner, my female doubles partner, She's six feet tall, so she's taller than me. I'm five nine, and um, she has mad hops. I mean, this girl can jump really high. So if you're six feet tall and you can jump really high, I mean, that's what these players are at the very top of the game. They're exhibiting. They have both the physical properties and they have the athletic properties. So how come we haven't seen anyone taller than Merritt Safin reach world number one yet? Um, reach world number one yet? Maybe well, it's because of the big three. <laughs> well, maybe it's because of the big three, but also, also it makes me think of the people who've come to tennis, and this is still they're still coming to tennis. You know, okay, so Safin's born in 1980. Our three are born in the 80s. Who's born when? Who's coming to the game and learning the game and and how they're learning to play. I think, I think there's no reason there can't be a six foot eight guy as versatile as our three, whatever the style they choose to play is, who can command the court. I thought, um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you who gave hope at a certain point, but uh, Del Potro, but he's really sure. big and that's how you, that's why you break down. But I don't, he's, he's almost kind of star-crossed. It's almost tragic how these things have happened to him. So I don't, well, I don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, I mean, again, more and more people brought to the game, more and more people who, who come to it with the money. Um, not in, in time, I think there will be. I think there will be a six foot six, uh, number one in my lifetime. But you raise a good point, and that is, are taller players more prone to injury? I mean, we know just anecdotally in the NBA that super tall players have problems with their knees. Um, even you'll hear Opelka and, and Isner talk about their knees um, because these joints are just holding up an incredible amount of mass. So um, perhaps that's a reason why we have not seen many um, world number ones at, at a significant height over 6'2". So one of them needs to hire that Paganini. They need their Paganini because there's there's some oh, there's some real interesting sports science training going on here about how how these kind of guys are going to learn how to play and and also how they're taught to play. I mean the tall ones we've seen now oh yeah like like Karlovich like Isner like Opelka it's got the serve it's like why not learn the rest of the game why not why not or why not someone who's more mobile come to tennis? because well okay first of all I agree with the overall sentiment that there's going to be a taller world number one very, very soon. I don't think tennis has had its LeBron James, who's six foot eight and moves like a six foot two guy. And I think we're already seeing players who have become, I think the buzzword in basketball is a unicorn. These big guys I and mean, Kevin Durant, six eleven, he can dribble, he can shoot. And that didn't used to exist. I think that's coming for tennis. But if you just look at the players who were above those heights and didn't succeed, Again, I, I do think that there are some uh, natural physiological disadvantages, which doesn't mean they can't reach a certain level, but it means they're less likely to mm -hmm. in foot speed, 
and and um, certain hand-eye coordination or, or whatever it is that that leads to a, a, a player of a certain height not being quite as good at striking the tennis ball. So I don't know if you look at, if we group a bunch of players, Goran Ivanisevic, Todd Martin, Tomas Burdick, um, right. And uh, let's see, you have, um, who's another big man, Ke- Kevin Anderson. I don't know. Um, these players just didn't have the mobility, didn't have the baseline games that Federer or Nadal and Djokovic were able to achieve. And by the way, our three all had a good enough serve to really, you know, back up the rest of their game. Well, that's the six, one, six, two case, of course, that you're big enough to, to end up having a serve like the likes of Sampras or, or Pancho Gonzalez or, or John Newcomb. But uh, I guess, I guess we'll see those, those ones you mentioned. Yeah. They haven't had the results. That doesn't mean they can't, but I see, I, I see what you mean. You see these, but the thing is about sports itself is an outlier process of all things. And then tennis, I think is even more because of the lack of role players in the game. So who the heck knows? I mean, that's the thing about it. It's not like you can, you, where are these guys, I mean, who's going to say someone from, going to come from Switzerland or Serbia or Mallorca or Spain. So it's not like there's any logic. There is a, there, the, there's a, there's pretty, there's limited logic in how great, Tennis players happen. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the ones who, the super duper ones, the ones who win slams. The, there might be some logic that we've seen about Eastern Europe and a vast, significant number of players for reasons and all that. But the super duper ones, golly, who, who, I don't know. There's no, you know, who knows where, who knows how that happens. And that's what, what makes tennis great. And I'm really thankful personally that. Roger Federer, um, who was the best player in the world when I knew very little about tennis. And I just started playing tennis and I was also playing baseball. And I think one of the reasons why I was so drawn to tennis um, was because Federer and, and Nadal were six foot one and I was short. And when I was playing baseball, I was a great fielder. I had good hands, but I had no power. I just didn't have it. And I looked at a sport like tennis and David Ferrer later became my favorite player because I felt I could succeed. These players showed me that height is not going to limit you in this sport. And there are advantages to being short and yes, you know, some to being tall as well, but the fact that there's room for, for all kinds of sizes. Yeah, it really does make it great. Um, were you, you a second baseman? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you had no knowledge of that. Very good. I, I made two errors. Play, I, I played softball growing up. I mm-hmm. wanted to play second base. And my dad was like, uh, you, your legs are too long. You don't move. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you play first? first I ended up being a pitcher. I played almost every position on the field at one point, but um, including catcher. But I, yeah, I finished my career as a pitcher. You know, it'd be interesting to talk about in a future show about which sports, how different sports aid the tennis process or, or even different activities. Like you're also, you've also been a, um, a dancer, Amy, right? Yes. So how these different activities aid, aid or not aids, you know, what their, what their value and limit is to the tennis. I mean, we know about how Federer played soccer and, uh, and how that all, how that plays out in different ways. But maybe, maybe you're right, Gil, maybe we'll see 25 years from now, you know what? Tennis 
it's just not meant to be and just like uh just like jockeys you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of six foot eight jockeys so maybe maybe that's kind of the thing with tennis with the ball bouncing off the ground no matter how high it's bouncing or or mobility and all that stuff maybe we'll see it maybe that's a little bit of the the sound barrier will be a height and it'll be interesting to see how opelka plays out yes i agree and and i'm really glad that you brought in technology to this because that plays a factor the more you deflate the ball for example and make it harder to serve 140 miles per hour you know that's going to affect the average height of your successful pro tennis player right all right let's end on this um if we are if we could redo our heights for tennis purposes let's say uh what we would make our heights amy oh, Oh, you're, oh, five you're- nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'd add a half an inch, but that's not my problem. My problem really is the agility and the footwork and all that. So, mm-hmm. can I redo something else other than oh, my? Can you subtract? I- you Amy, subtract? how about this? You you can make your footwork better if you bump yourself down an inch. Oh gosh, I hate to. I mean, don't older people shrink anyway? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let me, all right. So by, let me think. So would I want to be 5'10"? I don't know what, I'm not quite sure what that would confer necessarily. I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know. I don't know what height. I don't know. It's interesting. Even the very topic of height, how it's entered in the conversation, the top soon era, it wasn't in the equation when Labor was 5'8", and Connors was 5'10", maybe, and Macro was 5'11". And even, I mean, I think, I think it starts to enter as a, as a topic of, of notion when someone like Lendl comes along and he's 6'2", but he's a power baseliner. Mm-hmm. And now it's only height and strength. And it wasn't quite discussed as much before. I mean, of course, there were shorter players. And there was a guy named Bitsy Grant, who I think was like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, and, and uh, from Atlanta, Amy. I did see a quote from Lendl um, when I was just doing a light research for this podcast. And he said that when he was 6'2", people would say to him, that's too tall. Yeah, that he was considered he was considered quite the big guy. But I don't know. I never thought about what I would get more from that. I guess if I was 5'10", instead of 5'7", it wouldn't be that much bigger. And I'd have maybe maybe a little more wingspan at the net, I suppose, maybe. Yeah. So what about you, Gil? How about you, Gil? So I wouldn't go up to the to the six foot one, six foot two land of the big three because that's not really my play style. But I have always found the Diego Schwartzman versus David Ferrer comparison interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm Schwartzman, and I would love to bump up to Ferrer maybe an inch taller. Ferrer's got more on the serve than Diego, and he's got a lot more pop or maybe not a lot, but definitely more pop on the forehand, some, some more mass behind that shot. And he's better from behind the court. So I would go up to about five, nine and a half. You think that extra inch and a half is what gave him a little bit more of that? I guess. I think, I think it's more than an inch and a half, but I, I just find, you know, if you're going to, what's the difference between Schwartzman and Ferrer's game? I'm not saying it's all height. I'm just saying, there is a, a very distinct correlation between the serve and height. And then after that, it gets very fuzzy. Right. But That's I mean, Schwartzman, Schwartzman's first serve and, you know, less so, but still even his second serve is just massively underpowered. 
Now, any of you guys ever try a longer racket? Like, remember Michael Chang did that? You ever try that? Yeah, I tried Serena's racket, which is called the Blade, or, or that was her racket anyway. I played with it. I hated it. That was an inch. Was it 28? Was it a lot? How long was it? 29? I don't know exactly. I just found it. I mean, I, I have long levers as it is. I, that that got really unwieldy for me. Gail? I yeah, tried that, Joel. Yep. And I used the same blade. I used Serena's Blade 98. Um, or no, Blade 104, I believe it was. And they actually, I, I switched. I'm not going to get into it. But I did I, like it for a while. I tried one. There was a Prince. And then I found my... Um, this is the this is the result of someone who used the fine motor skills too much as a lefty. I found my um, my wrist was hurting because there's too much lag. You know the racket was longer. So mm -hmm. I'm carrying like a longer stick, and mm -hmm. it lag and my 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 innate laziness kind of bit me. So I so I stopped. I used it. Was it six months? Was it a year? But and and then I wasn't quite sure. You know, it's so it's hard hard to tell with those things. I mean, it's funny. They say things like a game of inches, but what's that all mean? So again, but. Interesting to think about. Fun topic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, for for those of you under the age of, um, I don't know, 16, we all hope that your height is uh, perfect on the money, exactly what you want. All right. That'll do it for this episode of three. Remember, uh, we are available on all podcast platforms. We greatly appreciate it. If you leave a rating and review on iTunes, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe. That'll do it for this episode 